WGTN presents Live at Five with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Do you In studio guest here on a Thursday, and that's right, it is Thursday. It's uh, we don't. It's not as smoky as it was the last few days. Uh, the rest of the country is is uh, coughing their lungs out and shutting things down, including ball games and events. Totally unnecessary, of course. But as you know, the the big primary is here to, to determine the future. Of Watertown. Who's going to fix that sign? Welcome to Watertown. City with a future. Who's going to take the chains and, and deal with National Grid and everyone and everything else? Well, that's been the discussion now for months. Uh, and it's definitely high. I mean, again, I've, I've been part of this with T.J. Babcock running for city council. Say hi to that microphone, T.J. Hey there. you got to step up to the microphone. This isn't the Jeff hey Graham show. No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I mean, today, I don't know who he was talking to. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. So today he was talking to Soma. I got my uh, computer on here. And he, he, it's just like I could, sometimes I couldn't hear him. But nonetheless, um, you, there were one of your competitors running for city council today uh, Mr. Lashway, I believe his name is. Uh, yeah, Cliff. I believe that's who was on. That today. was on. T- yeah. So Jeff and I have been very busy talking to people like you running for city council because, well, you wanted to get into politics, T.J. Babcock, a couple of years ago when you ran for uh, a county legislator. Is that correct? Yes, I ran again. I ran for county legislator two years ago. And you ran against the big guy too. You ran. You you ran up against uh, Scott Gray, the incumbent of twenty years. Yes. How'd you perform in that? I felt like I did pretty well running against a guy who had been in there for twenty years. Um, it was a small voter turnout, but it was just over 50 votes that I lost by. Right. It was just, you know, it was pretty much still COVID 2021. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a political year. You know, the, the odd years aren't, uh, so not bad. So you lost by what? 50 something votes. Uh, very impressive. First time you've ever run for anything in your life. Yeah. You didn't run for the cop from the cops at any time in your life. No, I've always been a good guy. So your, your, uh, commercial, it kind of like, I guess, uh, characterizes you as the referee because you are a high school football referee. Is that correct? Yeah, I've officiated high school sports now for almost seven years. And you like that? Oh, I absolutely love it. It's it's a great experience. You get to spend a lot of time with the youth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great commodity with the, with the different um, people that you serve with right, officiating. Right. And, and do officials get along with one another? For the most part, yeah. Uh, for, okay, so there's sometimes where you don't. Like, do you argue over? Hey, you missed that call. That was your fault, oh, not mine. Abs- absolutely not. Doesn't you know, happen. It doesn't happen. We we 
sit down and we go over and watch game videos. Yeah, right. And, you know, we get to see a lot of times, because a lot of the schools do record, so we do get to see right. where, what we were doing on the field, what we might have missed. Right. You know, anything for continuous improvement. What is the hardest call to make in football? And I'll give you my impression of that. Go ahead. The hardest call to make? Yeah. What's the, what's the most, what's the, what's, I guess you could say, subject, you know, when you look at it, it's like, well, that could have went both ways. I'm going to say holding. Holding is is tough on on the poor bastards that have to because uh, offensive lineman doesn't have the liberty of a defensive lineman. I mean, defensive lineman. Don't get me wrong, they get called for holding, but the poor guys that are in the front line, they're getting their asses kicked. They're they're dead ducks for the most part. They gotta hold every now and then, right, TJ or Um, Timothy? Excuse me. It's when it gets outside of the shoulders when you can actually see it. If they're inside, up inside, you can't see it. So it's still holding. But I see what you're saying. Goes on. Yeah, it does um, go on. Yeah. It's when it gets outside or you see the jersey being tugged away. Right, Then, right. then you have holding Step up on a little bit closer. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, uh, pass interference. Do you, do you get that as well? Do you, do you, is that a tough call to make too? I don't think pass interference is as tough. I mean, a lot of the times I'm the umpire in the center of the field, so I don't get to call a lot of those. Right, right, right. But the ones I have called, they're pretty obvious. You don't you don't miss that. So you got to be in shape for that. And I, I do know on a personal level that you got the, uh, I don't know what, what you did, but you lost a, a decent amount of weight recently. Timothy. Yeah, I've lost about 160 pounds. I, I didn't know it was that much. Uh, and if you don't mind me asking, did you get like the sleeve operation? And I'm not talking um, about tattoos. No, I did end up getting the bypass. And okay. a big part of that was because... Because a couple years ago during a routine endoscopy, they did find precancer cells in my esophagus. So wow. it was chance having cancer moving on with cancer wow. or have, have that done. And so I chose the other way because yeah. you really don't want to battle cancer. No. The other way being, of course, preventive measures. Preventative and, measures, yeah. And uh, has that changed your life? Drastically. You know, I've, I've lost the weight. I'm much more active. Mm-hmm. Um, I run on a frequent basis now. Good for you. You know, I really enjoy it. It's... I actually find running therapeutic because you're kind of in your own head as you're going, and right, it just gives you a lot of time to think. It, it really does. But before that, you you did a lot of running on the field because there, there's a lot of physical exertion you got to do as as a referee. It, it must is. have been difficult with that amount with that added weight, Timothy. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely slows you down. Yeah, sure. Um, I can act. It's you stay up a lot better with the kids now. Right. You know, and some of those kids, I mean. They're speed, they're speed demons. I yeah, mean, right? They're young. They're 16, 30, 40 yards yeah. down the field before you are. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got that because that that did change your life, and obviously in so so many ways. And it also allows you to be a better politician. Yeah. So you you know I knew you a couple of years ago. You live in Winslow Street, and you helped me out with with my signatures. And I got to know that T.J. Babcock, otherwise known as Timothy Babcock, uh, is very aggressive at getting uh, more signatures than others. Did do you know if you got more signatures than the other nine or eleven candidates? I know I got more than some. I don't know that I got the most. I did slow down getting signatures after I hit about the 300 mark. I right. was just shy of 300. Um, because, you know, people do get signature fatigue. So I just started going out and knocking on doors and introducing myself right. versus getting more signatures. So we talked about Gray, the, the margin of difference there. You're a referee, live on Winslow Street. You have four children. I do. You know, I have four great children. My oldest graduated last year. She's 19. And then wow. I, have, I have a 17-year-old. Um, who plays golf for the high school, so he's enjoying it. The school bought all the members of the golf team memberships to the Watertown golf course. Nice. So he's up there quite a bit now. Is he a scratch golfer? I mean, is he? Nah, he he likes to think he is, but I would say he's he's good, though. He's doing all right. I'd probably say he's a 
12 to 14 handicap. I would love if I. So he's not doing bad. I'm happy breaking 90. And and believe me, if I did that, I'd be uh, like a pig. And in, 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 you know what I'm saying. Uh, you work at HP Hood. Uh, that's a big uh, dairy place up there in Lafarsville. It is. So most people might not recognize the Hood name unless they're looking at Hood ice cream. But we actually make. Out at our plant, we make yogurt, cottage cheese, sour cream, and hell of a good French onion dip. Isn't that something? Is that the only plant that makes those particular items for Hood? Or are there, uh, are there... No, hell of a good French onion dip is made by a couple of the plants. Okay. Uh, Crowley cottage cheese is made by a couple of the plants. But we do have some things that we only make in our plants, and it's more on the, re- not the retail side, but more like restaurants. We do a lot of 5-pound, 10-pound 30 pound kind of like wholesale stuff wholesale stuff yeah, yeah. um is but it's not as big as craft is in lowville is it as far as the no capacity? The, plant, the plant's not as big as the plant in lowville but it, they also they just make the two products string cheese and cream cheese it, I yeah believe. philadelphia cream cheese and you just mentioned that you you have a relative his last name is philly and he's opening up the, the old uh, jeff bulk uh, cheese store again yeah my cousin's opening up joe philly and his wife Emily are opening up the old Jeff Bulk cheese store. I just think, you know, they're opening up a cheese store and their last name is Phil. I always think of Philadelphia cream cheese, one of the best cream cheeses ever. Uh, and you will be at, of course, that the, the Jeff, I'm calling it now, the former mayor and hotline host, Jeff Graham, June 19th debate. Is that correct? Yep. Planning on being there. I think it's what, 6 p.m.? Uh, 6 p.m. And uh, uh, apparently uh, Pat Hickey has to leave at 6.05. So there you go. No, just kidding. He, I, I, you know, Jim, of course, uh, scheduled it on a Monday. Uh, somewhat of a conflict with one of the you know, the incumbents, that being Pat Hickey. But I'm sure uh, uh, Jeff will handle that well. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> four kids. You are a Republican. Um, you know, we can get into the usual stuff, and I will, because I think it's important. Because I, I can't, oh, shoot, I just hit something. I know it's, a, oh, man, what did I just do? Anyway, I, it's amazing how you just touch anything around here, and it goes to crap. That said, you, uh, now I lost my frame of thought. You said something to me a couple months back when you were getting signatures, and I asked you something, and I think you've changed your mind since on that, and I'll, I'm going to ask you. You said the golf course was way too much money. Would you still agree with that at $3.4 oh, million? By far. It's, I mean, it's, you figure they valued it at $1.1 million. What we actually bought is probably between right. six and 700000 Right. So we spent $3 million more than we needed to. But that said, uh, I think you've changed your tune because you, you did say we should just turn around and sell it and count our losses. Do you still feel that way? Well, I think we should try and make it successful. I know they've debated during city council meetings how much the loss is actually going to be. I think can, being on the generous side, they came up with somewhere between one hundred and fifty dollars and $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as being losses. I mean, it could be bigger than that. It could be less than that. But right. I think if we can get it to net zero or close to profitable, right. it might be worth keeping. Um, but that's the thing. We got to give it a chance. We have to give the gentleman that's running it a chance to get it there and right. give them the support. I mean, it would be an asset to the city if we're not losing money on sure. it. Sure, right, right. If we continue to lose money on it, there's not a reason to own a business like that. Instead, turn it back to parkland or do what makes the most sense with it at the time. Well, Jordan and uh, uh, Northrop, and for that matter, Scott Wheeler, are doing an excellent job uh, you know, uh, so far. And, and the numbers show just in the short period that they've essentially been open, which is a little less than a month now, or a little bit more than a month, uh, it's outstanding. And again, that is a limited time of year. All right, so the, the obligatory other issue and our questions have to do with uh, pools. Now, the, uh, the city council just this past Monday 
uh, approve the the north side pool. Uh, they're estimating, uh, Timothy, $3.8 million for that. They're um, late on that. Yeah. So, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I think I personally would have waited because you th- figure a project like that's going to have at least a contingency of 10 to 20%. So you're easily over $4 million now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have waited to wait and see what's going to go on with the water project, how much grant money you're going to be able to bring in. I know I've heard some Department of Defense money possibly there. So I would have wait and see before you spend another four to five million dollars because you have a fifty million dollar project sitting out there right. spending four four million dollars on a brand new pool or four plus million dollars on right. a brand new pool right. when you have that's that's a nice want right sure but when you have the necessity of water and clean drinking water right, that right. should come first and they should have postponed it mm-hmm. until they figured everything out with the water but as a politician and your second time around running. Uh, you know what? What do you say to the Northsiders about that? Because ultimately, uh, Timothy, this town has, is divided in many ways: uh, ideology and North and South. So when you say something like that, and you're brave for doing it, but quite quite honest, because typically politicians will say whatever is necessary to get votes. But you know that alienates you from Northsiders. What say you about that? Well, I, for the Northsiders, that most of what I would have did was I would I'll probably alienate more people saying this. I would have closed the fairgrounds pool taking the parts that we need, and then do what we need to do to get the north side pool up and running. Would that have been plausible? Would the, could you have done something like that? I, I, I think don't know so. I don't know, I don't know all the facts and sure. all the engineering behind it, but I think you know we could have taken closed the, closed the fairgrounds pool mm-hmm. and then done what it takes to put the north side pool back in, back right. in play. Right. Because historically, the two busiest pools are the north side and the park pool. Interesting. I did not know that. For the record, all these, I just thought they were kind of, I thought perhaps that the park had the most activity. But I, I also thought that because being here in the flats and in the county fairgrounds is also a place, a, a nice haven for, you know, sports, football. Um, they got tennis courts over there. They got the uh, the skateboard. So you're saying that's the least used uh, a pool? In, in, Historically, yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Interesting. You know, and talking to people throughout the city, a lot of, because I've spent a lot of time out talking to people, a lot of people agree that that we should not be spending that type of money on a new pool. You know, mm-hmm. I've actually lived in a lot of communities. We moved back seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I grew up here and then moved back seven years ago. This is the only community I've ever lived in that's had more than one municipal pool. Wow. Well, I have to ask you, where else did you live? Did you, you didn't live in Binghamton because apparently they got nine down there. So, no, I actually lived in Southern California for a couple of years. Okay. I went, lived in Utah for eight years where I met my wife. Oh, interesting. And then we went to southeastern Oklahoma, and then we lived in a couple different places in Pennsylvania. And I got to say, some of the towns we lived in, yeah. we actually had to drive to the next town or next city over to go to a public to, pool. To a public pool. And you would think that in hot climates, particularly in, in Oklahoma, they would have them like in every every township. No, there was there was one split between two cities that would equal about the size of Watertown. Right, right. There was one that they split there in Oklahoma. So that leads me to believe, because we're, we're, oh, we're older, established, and we're in the Northeast uh, maybe pools were, you know, things that were created. You know, they had wading pools back in the 19th century. Maybe it's a it's it's a northeastern rule of thumb that isn't a customary in other townships, despite being in in arid conditions. You would think they would have pools out there. So maybe guys like Cliff only, for that matter, the Gang of Three, are continuing a legacy that has, has seen its time, or, or at least beyond two pools, in your opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think it really has. You know, there's a lot more priorities. Watertown isn't as big as what it used to no, be. No, it's not. I mean, since we've moved back, three to 4,000 people have moved out of the city. It's right. gone from 27,000 plus down mm-hmm. to 23,000 plus. Mm-hmm. 
there's not the support there anymore. Right. And not to mention there's uh, a lot of people that physically literally have pools of their own. All right. So with Timothy Babcock and here's what we do. We, we take phone calls. Now, Tim, oh, we just lost the phone call here. That means they timed out. This person will be back. I have no idea who it is. Typically, that's either one of two people. It could be Donnie. Or it could be someone literally running for city council. But they're calling back now, so they really want to get on the air. So grab the headset, and let's see. Uh, can you hear anything? Let me see. Can you hear me, by the way? Yes, Okay, I can. good. All right, let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Timothy Babcock? Uh, yeah, thanks, Glenn. Uh, TJ, are you intimidated by Mr. Only at all? No, by far I'm not intimidated you know by Mr. Mr. Only. Yes, I do know Mr. Only. I've known so him for a few years now. You would now. not be uh, afraid to speak up against the three people running the city and the ground at the moment? No, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to speak not, up to him. But they seem to be uh, uh, spending money like a wildfire here right now, what's going on. I disagree with it 100%. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but... Oh, I definitely agree with you. They're spending money yeah. left and right. They're going to bankrupt this city if they keep going the way they are. Yeah, but uh, Mr. Uh, only can be an intimidating figure. I just want to make sure I, somebody's not afraid to stand up if you think he's wrong. You know what I mean? Hmm. Oh, I'm not afraid to stand up the cliff, and we've had plenty of conversations, and we've agreed to disagree a lot. Great. Hmm. Well, thanks for running, TG. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Well, thanks there you go. Fun. Yeah, thank you. That's a very concerned citizen right there. Uh, and perhaps we've even spoken to him. I heard through the grapevine, you that you had a conversation with one of the listeners here, and we'll mention him right now. Of course, that's uh, uh, Danny Francis. How did, how did that go? Oh, it was a nice conversation with him the other night. I knocked on his door as I was out knocking on doors, introduced myself, um, explained to him what, how I feel that I separate from the other candidates, shook his hand, and had a, it was just a nice little five, ten-minute conversation with him, and it wasn't too bad. So that's what it all comes down to, not just for City Council of Watertown, but you, you do, especially in a field of ten people, you do have to separate yourself from others. So how do you do that? I mean, okay, you're the referee, but what else? Because a lot of people are saying, we need decorum. We, I wouldn't have bought the pool. The golf course was too much money. What else differentiates you from the, uh, from the pack? Well, I've been planning to do this for a while. I mean, two years ago, I did run against Scott. I was originally going to run for City Council. Uh, five, I've sat on the city planning board now for four or five years. I'm also on the Jefferson County Agricultural Development Council. Mm -hmm. And then my job, what I do, I'm the operations manager, assistant plant manager for the hood plant out there in Lafargeville. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I run a multi-million dollar budget. Mm -hmm. I plan for the future. I plan for infrastructure. I make decisions based upon facts. Right. So I really can hit the ground running. Sure. I, I feel being on the city council, or this not city council, the city planning board for the last few years right. has given me some good insights in how the process works. Do you work with Mike Loombus? When, when, yeah. When, yeah. So uh, you sit around a table and you start looking at plans from some engineer. Do you, do you do that in the, uh, in the uh, city hall chambers, just like the council does? We do have our meetings the first Tuesday of every month, and we just changed the time from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, 3 p.m. is way too early for a lot of people working throughout the day. It is. Who came up with that idea? What do they think? A bunch of retired ladies in blue hair are going to show up at 3 p.m.? It's not going to happen. Grab your headsets. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, Tim. I have a question for you. On the uh, golf course, uh, do you think um, there's a, a legal aspect that the city taxpayers to go after the gang of three by not having an appraisal, by not having an inspection, by not checking anything, doing it behind closed doors, not letting people talk at the meetings and uh, explain their differences. And they did it all behind closed doors, the three of them. And I, there's been a lot of talk 
I think something illegal was done here, and I don't know how it was done and who got paid off or what, but it seems like it was really an illegal deal. They did not listen to the citizens of this city. There were hundreds of people that were talking on these shows and, and out in the open that they they wanted the go, uh, golf club and the land to secure the park, but for what it was appraised at, and they would not. In fact, they they passed an appraisal, and then Lazario canceled it and said, no, we're not going to get it. Now, why would you do that to the taxpayers of the city unless there was something really underhanded about this deal? Thanks, Tim. All right, there you go. Well, I definitely can't answer the legal side of it because I'm not a lawyer or a judge or anything like that. But I do feel that what was done was unethical. And so as far as that goes, everything that shows there, it was done unethically. They should have gotten an appraisal. It shouldn't have been canceled. They should have looked at it more. I think personally, if they would have got the appraisal and the appraisal came back at $1.1 million, which it was. Yeah. And then we only purchased half of that golf course. Right, so right. Which, which six makes, to yeah. $700,000 of it, mm-hmm. it, they would have never have gotten it through. Right, right. The public outcry would have been even greater then. So would you be like a Jim Jordan and get the uh, majority back for, uh, in the reverse fashion of three to two? Because ultimately that looks like that could happen here. Uh, and I'm just coming up with different scenarios. Would you open up a the floodgates for an, for an investigation to see if there's any wrongdoing based on that caller's accusations? I don't know that the city council can do that. I, I think it can, can be yeah. shipped off to the attorney general, and the attorney general can do that. Well, maybe we can but get the attorney sure. B- Bullard, uh, you know, because he's got his own fan club on Facebook. Uh, are you a fan of the, fa- of the uh, attorney Bullard fan club on Facebook, Tim? I've seen it. I enjoy looking at them. They are pretty hysterical, but right. I know I am not a fan, fan of the. I'm not a liked fan of the page. No, interesting. All right, listen. Let's do a break, and we'll talk uh, with uh, Timothy Babcock right here on the Live at Five show right after this. Don't leave. Roof looking older than you are, finding more tiles in your lawn than grass? It's time to call Harringer's Contracting. The roof people, don't delay though. Call them to set up a free estimate. Call them now at 782-9129 for Harringer's Contracting. The roof people who call you back. I'm Doug Osborne, and I'm running for Watertown City Council because decorum and fiscal responsibility need to be restored to our local government. I'm a lifelong resident of Watertown taxpayer and a voter. I share your concerns regarding failing infrastructure, the absence of civility on city council, and the blatant disregard for controlled spending of our hard-earned taxpayer dollars. We cannot afford to spend taxpayer money frivolously, but we need to maintain and improve upon the infrastructure we already have. My education in public policy and practical experience in state and local government equips me with the temperament to look at the issues objectively and with healthy scrutiny. I'm not going to pretend I have all the answers, and some of the best ideas come from you. I would never shut down public input, and I understand its value in developing our city to where we want it to be. It's time to get back to the basics and put our city on the right track. There's a lot riding on this upcoming election, and a lot of candidates vying for your vote. I want you to understand that I know the value your vote holds. You are investing your time and trust. I want to assure you that if I earn your vote, your time and trust will always be my driving force. I respectfully ask you to vote for me, Doug Osborne, in the City Council primary on June 27th. Thank you. Paid for by Doug Osborne for Watertown City Council. L.A. Quarry is the destination for all your crushed limestone. L.A. Quarry has been providing crushed limestone of various shapes and sizes to the residents of the North Country since 1991. The Thompson family have owned and operated the quarry in Lafargeville and are dedicated to providing fast and friendly service. Their local delivery option is available many times on the same day. 
Whether you're a contractor, a homeowner, or a business owner, L.A. Quarry has the limestone to improve your driveway and your property. Located at 19309 Grove Cemetery Road in Lafargeville, just watch for the huge sign next to the cemetery. Save time, save money, and get what you need from the experts, the Thompson family at L.A. Quarry. Call them at 315-658-2004. That's 315-658-2004. For fast pickup or delivery of all your limestone needs, rely on L.A. Quarry and see them on Facebook. There's a lot of things that need changing. One of them could be your roof. If so, get Herringer's Contracting to fix it or replace it altogether. Don't delay, though. Call now to set up your free estimate. Call 782-9129 for Herringer's Contracting, the people who call you back. Uh, we're with T.J. Babcock, otherwise known as Timothy Babcock. And the first thing, you know, over the years, I've seen a lot of sign designs, lawn signs, uh, and they're typical uh, like, vote for me, red, white, and blue. And a lot of times they're androgynous as far as their political allegiance. You really don't know. Again, it's nonpartisan anyway. But sometimes it should be red or should be blue. These days it's the combination of both and maybe a little rainbow in there. So it's a different world these days. But you went the different route. Instead of the standard rectangular, you have a rectangular thing. But you have this kind of like low-profile rectangular, long, almost like a dachshund. And I, it's interesting because when I see your signs, TJ, I don't know if you're doing this or the homeowners are, but it's it, you. I see your signs first because the, the, you have a light blue and it's 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 smaller, <laughs> and typically your sign is nestled in front of someone else's sign. Is that by design? Yeah, it's by design. So when I was looking at different signs, you know, everyone typically goes with the 18 by 24 sign. Right. And so I'm like thinking, I need to separate myself from the crowd a little bit, make it a little more noticeable. And so I started really looking at it. So I went with a 9 by 24 that does sit closer to the ground that has really what you see is my name in bright red letters. Right. So that way you actually have to focus on it as you're looking. Mm -hmm. So by having to focus and not just pass it by and glance at it, but actually having to focus and look at it, it stands out more. And you remember my name more. Yeah, and it doesn't end there because there's other intricacies about your approach to things. I mentioned you know, that you always want to overdo the, the signature stuff, not just to protect yourself because you have to. There's a certain amount you got to get, and you don't know if everyone's legitimate or if they're a transient and so forth. So you go, go above and beyond that. But what were the other things you, you, you told me that, you know, that, that kind of makes you different as far as your marketing approach is, TJ? You know, it's just about being out there every single night, every single day. I do a lot of times take Sundays off to spend a little bit of time with my family. Mm -hmm. But every day when I get off of work, I'm out there knocking on doors. I'm talking to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sharing why I'm qualified. I'm listening to their concerns. We talk, have a lot of good conversations out there. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is just being out there every day. I have done some Facebook marketing this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really just about how to make yourself noticed. Right. You know, we did the parade, last, the Dairy Days Parade last week, and mm-hmm. I think I was the only city council candidate that did that. Hmm. You know, we went out and we did it. We had a lot of fun doing it. I had, I think, 31 or 32 people in the parade with me. Wow. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of support. Uh, so the the big national, again, we got to cover all the bases. So looking at the future... Uh, the contract with National Grid, which at the time was established, I believe, with Niagara Mohawk back, years ago, back in the 90s, uh, it's coming to an end. If you listen to the mayor's show, he's very knowledgeable on this. There's no way we, we can renegotiate this. National Grid won't do it. So ultimately, we're going to lose this whole connection to our own 
resource, and that's the water that goes to Watertown as, as far as a municipality resource and how it generates revenue for us. That goes bye-bye in what year, 2027 or 2000? 2030, I 2030. Believe. But, you know, one of the candidates came here and said, geez, I forget, forget it was. They were talking about, I think it was Spaziani, they were talking about that back in 2015. It's barely, it's barely mentioned these days, but for all practical purposes, it's right around the corner. So that's a big, big burden. We lose a lot and who knows where we are in terms of population? Who knows where the world is? Who knows where the state of New York State is? So I guess that leads me to my next question. Does that mean we have to be even more careful knowing that, you know, we're going to be losing a lot, a ton of money soon? We definitely got to be more careful. We got to start planning for the future. I mean, Mr. Mick said in four years, we're going to have a $9 million deficit. Now you throw out seven years from now or six and a half years from now, we lose that money. That deficit's going to be even bigger. Mm-hmm. I think there is some things we can do. Mayor Smith did start that commission when he became mayor to look at stuff. We have had the one group come in and look at the island or look at one of the power plants. I, I think we look at it, and if it's feasible, maybe we we continue to run it as a city and we sell the power back to the residents. I mean, we're never going to get our lines back mm-hmm. from National Grid no. because they're definitely – they want to stay in that transmission service. Right, they exactly. want to be the ones that provide it and right. overcharge us for that part of right. it. Right. Well, look what they did with Fort Drum. They took over Fort Drum. They got rid of the code general. And again, I, I would dare ask, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, but with what's going on uh, with the uh, liberal agenda, while, while not allowing us to re- uh, deforest, you know, uh, old trees that have been lying down since the since the uh, uh, the, uh, the microburst of 1995 or for the ice storms in the 90s. Um, you know, at least a lot of people had an opportunity to take out, you know, the, the, the trash, if you will, which might explain why, you know, the, you know, the cogeneration plant that burned a lot of old wood from the forest locally and other regions, which might explain why we're not having forest fires around here. But they are happening in Quebec. But that's another thing altogether. So anyway, that is a big issue. Ken Mix spelled it out. So fiscal conservative, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, council is, is more important in, in, than ever. Is that correct, Timothy? That is correct. So, all right, so you gone, you know, you got a creative flair with your sign. And by the way, the last one to have a creative sign, you guessed it, Jeff Graham. He did a vertical. So I don't know if you remember that. And you might not have been here at the time. But I wasn't it says, here at the time. It said uh, Graham for mayor, and uh, they stood out. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you do. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, someone put you in the top two prospects today. Uh, uh, someone texted me earlier uh, that you are in the top two. Pro- this coming from another candidate. So uh, what, what say you about, you know, about, about your rankings according to one of your competitors? That's exciting, you know, because that means we get to move on and we get to continue on the fight until November. And that means hopefully we're going to have the right two candidates in there who have the qualifications to take the city into the future. So you're taking this, needless to say, everyone involved in this race is taking it seriously. Um, but why do you really want, why do you want to do this? Are you doing this for Tim, Timothy Babcock? Are you doing this for your kids? Are you doing it for the city of Watertown? Do you really, really, what, what makes you want to do this, Timothy? You know, people ask me that question all the time. Um, and, you know, when I first got into politics, it was a bit of a selfish reason. You know, I grew up here. I moved away. Uh, and so I'm the only one of my siblings who has come back. I'm the oldest of six kids. Hmm. And so I want my kids to stay here someday. One, so hopefully I can retire someday. If not, my wife's going to spend all the money going to visit grandkids. Right, exactly. But Which it's re- is very common. Yeah, I agree. It, but it really is. I want to make this a place that my kids can stay, other people's kids can stay, to where it's not just, you know, grow up, there's not much here, move away. We've lost a lot of industry over the years. Right. 
And so there's not much here, but there's some things we can do to bring some back. Right. We're never going to get it all back, but right. there is there is some things out there that we could possibly do to bring some back. Do you have a pet project, something like, you know, you would want to have happen uh, to uh, to the city, I mean, above and beyond all the major issues? What what is what is one of those kind of like boutique projects that you would like to have done here? I'd like to buy a mat for the ice down at the arena, so that way we can use the arena for more than just a ice rink or a hockey rink during the winter. What's that? A mat? What are you talking about? So you go to some of these places and you see see them using big ice rinks, or yeah. even up in Potsdam, one of the ice rinks has it. They cover the ice during during certain times oh, to be oh, able to okay, have other gotcha. events. Right, right. Like the know. Madison Square Garden, you know, any yeah. arena, they have the uh, hockey and basketball. Yeah, yeah and they'll, they'll cover it right. and be able to use it for other stuff to where we can still do concerts during the winter. We can do, you know, a lot of times cheer competitions are held on top of ice. You know, we can hold an indoor farmer's market during the winter. There's other stuff great we can idea. do with the ice arena right. or the arena other than ice during the winter. It seems as if... Um, yeah, it, it, that you know the the wolves, or whatever hockey teams there now, commandeer uh, our fourteen million dollar arena for a good eight nine months out of the year, and those are the most crucial months, uh, Tim. And that that's that's why you build an arena in, in in the Arctic zone, otherwise known as Jefferson County, so that you can utilize it between Labor Day and and Easter. But but we lose it all, all because of that reason. How much would a mat? You're calling it a mat, as in Matt uh, Matt Williams. Yeah, uh, it's a, a mat. mat. I'm okay. not exactly sure what the term for it is, but you're bringing up. So, yeah, I Cost. reached, I reached out that? to somebody down in Fort Worth that has one similar to ours, Fort Worth, Texas, and yeah. they, they spent between one hundred and $200,000 on theirs to make it work. It doesn't seem to be that much money. But the one thing I do know, at working with John Gibbons, who does the MMA, I, I, I noticed a lot of the walls are still there after the hockey season's over, you know, like the the penalty boxes. I said, well, you know, what's up with that? He says, he, he says it's a pain. In the, they say it's a pain in the neck to disassemble them and to put them back in the next year. Um, I, that would be even worse for them. So, you know, you're looking at the infra, the, the way that any arena is built. Could could that work by leaving the maybe taking the glass down for, for like a, a home show in in January? Uh, could you keep the walls up? Well, yeah, if you need to, yeah. yeah you I, would just build your floor plan around that. Yeah, so the mat itself would basically be the same shape, if you will, as the ice arena, itself, the ice skating yep. surface itself. So hundred grand, that sounds like a reasonable price, considering that we're spending $3.8 million on a pool that for the most part is used for about six, seven weeks, if, if that. And by the way, I just found out the pools are not open every day to be in, in July and August. Am I right on that? Or are they open up certain days? I'm not sure what day. Maybe are it's in the early close. part because it's I know right still... now it's really just weekends. Well, okay, but gotcha. I think once we get to the more warmer days, kids are out of schools. I believe they are, and open that's typically day. when the college kids are off. I mean, they're they're off now. Of course, their years are over, so that's where you get a lot of these uh, as as lifeguards, and it's tough to get lifeguards. We got somebody on the phone for Timothy Babcock. Grab your headsets. Hi, do you have a question? Yeah, somebody's calling, so I, I got one more question. Yeah. for Tim. Yep. Um, We've lost a couple of businesses in the city here locally, so it's kind of hard for people to get around to go to work without anything close. Now, there was a guy on uh, today's show, on Mayor Graham's show, that talked about that, about getting businesses. I started thinking about it, and I said, how hard does the county and the city really push to try to get businesses close to the city or in the city after two giant businesses are going to be put up in Clay, New York, out in the middle of nowhere, 
not near 81, two huge businesses Mm -hmm. 60 miles away, did we even attempt to get one of those businesses here? You know, the chip business and the online uh, company that you order from. The Amazon. They're going in there. I go that way a lot, Mm -hmm. and there's a huge lot out in the middle of nowhere that they've already got it figured out where the chip place is going to be. Right. Now, if it's only 60 miles away and it's out in the middle of nowhere uh, and um, Mm -hmm. it's not near the highways to make it so convenient, why could we not Hmm. persuade one of them to come here? I don't know what they're offering. We'd have to offer the same thing. Right. But the one job, the one company is going to have like 4,000 jobs. Right. And the uh, the, uh, Microchip. the other company is going to have a few thousand jobs. Right. I mean, we're right here on 81. Mm-hmm. We got, you know. I, I agree with you. But I'm, it. Yeah. How can that happen 60 miles away and, and at least us not fight for that? Right. Well, I can right. answer right. Right. I, I, part I, of that. I, I think the airport, and of course, it's uh, the throughway is a major thoroughfare. But go ahead. So being on the Agriculture Development Council, we do fight for a lot of projects. I mean, the JCED does quite a bit there. They've actually worked to try and get a lot of businesses to come back up here, and they do great at presenting um, opportunities opportunities to these companies. Mm -hmm. But we're one of many that are trying to do that, and we need to do some stuff here to make ourselves more presentable. I know Sarah Campo Pierce was looking at or trying to get the city to look at hiring a marketing manager to market our area mm-hmm. more, especially the city. But we need to do that kind of stuff. But you look at the city of Watertown, we need to fix a lot of our infrastructure and do some things to be able to entice people to come here, right. to be able to bring more employees here. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's like the old argument with, with Timothy Babcock, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? You need a labor force. And let's face it, Central New York has a bigger labor force. Uh, the airport is there. Um, Hancock um, is right off the throughway. To his credit, the caller said, well, geez, it's really off the beaten path. I don't know. That, By the way, the deal that Biden made, no one knew about this microchip plant being built here until the announcement was made. So to me, it's like I'm um, such a conspiracy theory. I'm still trying to figure out why, why, why there's forest fires 250, 300 miles north of here, but we don't have them here. We have the same weather conditions. But this, this, the theory that I have is that a deal was made with China. Before you take over Taiwan, give us two years to build microchip plants in the States. Then you can do whatever you want. Is a reasonable assessment there? Because Taiwan is, is doomed. There's no question about it. Any, uh, any thoughts on that? Not, no relation, of course, to no, city council. No, I'm just excited. Micron's bringing 50,000 jobs to the, nor- to the area. Yeah, right. It's not just the actual plant. It means more restaurants, uh, more trucking. And uh, ultimately, it will raise the value first up here on the on the waterfronts and the river first, and up 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 on the lake because a lot of these people it's, it's it's essentially a new Kodak, and Kodak brought so many opportunities to Rochester, but those people obviously stress their legs out here. And if you notice, if you go to Pillar Point, Point Peninsula, or the river, a ton of it is owned by Rochester Money, formerly the uh, the Kodak people. All right, so what are we missing? I mean, we went over the main things. You got your own pet project. You want to build a big mat. But a hundred grand plus uh, to utilize the uh, and and by the way that money can come back 
much quicker because a hundred grand is a lot of money, but that would mean more events that, that you can actually bill to the bottom line for the arena. That's a good idea. Right. I mean, the arena loses last year, it lost $400,000. Yeah. We spend a hundred to $200,000 and now let's say we gain back $300,000 a year on right, that. Right. It's worth it. That means uh, Joe Rich can do uh, concerts beyond Labor Day, right. as opposed to going to the high school and getting less compa- It's tough enough having a concert as it is now. The problem with Joe Rich is that these these concerts are going up, up. You know, sticks cost about one hundred fifty grand, mm-hmm. and like two of the members were essentially it's, it's a tribute band. Two of them are, are from the original band, but these bands and people don't know anymore. People don't really care. But when you charge, and no disrespect to Joe, he's got to do what he's got to do, and he's done a great job right from the beginning. And and I know Joe very well. I've talked about the DPAO and its history, but to do business like that and bringing in a squad of people to build the stage and leave gas money, inflation, it's a lot of money. The arena has so much capacity, you got to charge on average $40 to $60, $70 per ticket. That's a little tough. So what say you talk briefly about this project going out there, the TI, whatever they're calling it, uh, in the uh, town of Hounsfield next to BOCES. Uh, Do you think that's going to happen? First of all, Joe Bartlett seems, seems to think so. Well, when I was reading the other day, they're asking the state for it was either $27 million or $37 million. And what they said in it was the state has funded other projects like that throughout the state. So I think right now it's a maybe 50-50 chance we're going to get it. Right. And if we get it, that's just going to pull away from our own arena. So we need to start looking at that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but city council will probably ultimately have to make some decisions. Granted, it's outside the city area, but they're probably going to look at, well, we need water. Oh, what else? Well, we need sewer. So, you know, do we, do we, do we pay that money towards the, the infrastructure to do something where the town of Hounds, uh, Watertown is going to benefit from it? I think, well, we're already doing that in the town of Pamelia. We're already selling them our water. I mean, they just extended the fire extinguishers all the way out, Route 12, Bradley Street. Right. I mean, it would be we, more We make to, money in the, bo- in the be, bottom we line. We make more money. Right, yeah. right, right. It'd be and, worth doing. And the the annex, uh, Villa, I call it the, an, the you know, the, the, the annex people over there on, on I Street Road. Uh, uh, Cliff Only has talked quite a bit about that. He wants to get them water uh, because they're on some private, privately owned water system. I never heard of such a thing. What's what? What should we do about those uh, those people over there? Those those homes. I'm not quite sure. I'm not familiar with that one, Glenn. So I can't. Yeah, no, and I understand. And and I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's just one of those between a rock and a hard place. That, you know, it was something developed by someone years and years ago, and the actual uh, water system itself, or for that matter, the sewer is decaying. The, whole, the homes are like three, four hundred thousand dollar homes. But they're sitting on a big, big problem. Cliff seems to think that by annexing them and including them as part of the city, because they're right on the outskirts anyway, would help. But we'll save that for a later date. So, all right, let's do this. Let's do a commercial break. It will be our final commercial break. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, your name is up next. And uh, we'll be back right after this. FX Caprera Honda, yes, we are known for tough trucks. We have over 200 trucks in our inventory, but sometimes you just have to pop the top and kick back. Introducing Summer Ride City here at FX Caprera Honda. Charlie Caprera has been bringing in some beautiful convertibles, some ultra-fast muscle cars, and sports cars you won't find anywhere else. It's Summer Ride City here at FX Caprera Honda. We even have Audis and Porsches. They're sure to set the pulses racing. And of course, there's more. Rovers, BMWs, Mustangs, Camaros, any sports car you could think of. This summer, you can enjoy life. Come to FX Caprera Honda today. I'm Junior, and I'll be glad to take you for a test drive. 
FX Caprera Honda, Bradley Street, Watertown, just off Interstate 81. And we are open seven days a week, so come on over anytime, and then you can hit the road in your new summer ride. As a football official, when I see a penalty on the field, I throw the flag. After seeing many penalties at city council meetings, it's time to throw the flag. Hi, I am Timothy Babcock, candidate for Watertown City Council. Just as you must train to officiate sports, I have been training to be a part of City Council. I currently sit on the Watertown City Planning Board, the Jefferson County Agriculture Development Council, and have over 26 years of management experience. In all these positions, I work with teams of professionals to make sure we reach our goals and get the calls right. Wasteful spending and bad behavior have created a bad look for the city I love. Fiscal responsibility, infrastructure concerns, and proper decorum is my platform, and I will use my years of experience to better shape the future of Watertown. I am Timothy Babcock. Let's throw the flag together. Vote for Babcock June 27th. Thank you. Paid for by the committee to elect Babcock for council. You look overwhelmed. What's wrong? Well, my team has an event to host, and it's only a few months away. I'm in charge of promoting it, but I can't find the time to start spreading the word. Even worse, the closer it gets, the harder it is for me to even know where to start. I might have a solution for you. Really? Let's hear it. You need Coughlin's campaign plan. Coughlin starts you out with a free consultation and brand resource guide to strategize and set goals. Then what? Next, you select from a range of social media and print products to tailor your target. Anything else? Well, yeah, Coughlin follows up with a marketing meeting to ensure the message hits the mark. So Coughlin gets me started with strategy and goals, provides products I choose, and follows up to support my campaign efforts? Absolutely. Coughlin is on your team. That's all I need to hear. I'm in. Where can I go for more details and to get started? Visit him online at coughlin.co forward slash marketing. That's Coughlin.co forward slash marketing or call 315-788-8560. That's 315-788-8560. Don't delay. Contact Team Coughlin today. Hello, my name is Cliff Lashway, a candidate for Watertown City Council. Growing up here, I know that Watertown has faced many challenges and the next few years will be no exception. Now more than ever, it's imperative that we make fiscally prudent decisions to secure our city's financial future. My candidacy focuses on improving our great city. We must target core needs and services such as roads and sidewalk repair, upgrading water and sewer lines and staffing city departments, addressing neighborhood blight and zombie homes while encouraging partnership between residents and code enforcement will only strengthen policy that will improve the quality of life in our community. I'll listen to residents and collaborate with all council members, encouraging a team approach to solve problems, invest securely, and make the most fiscally responsible decisions all in the best interest of our city. Together, we can make a difference. To learn more about my platform or discuss your ideas for Watertown's future, contact me on my Facebook page. On June 27th, make sure your voice is heard. Vote Cliff Lashway for Watertown's future. Paid for by Cliff Lashway. All right, we're back with uh, Timothy Babcock here on the Live 5 show. About five minutes left in today's show. Not many people calling in. Can't blame it on the weather. I mean, the weather's okay. But um, they must like what you're saying, Tim. I'm hoping so. Yeah. Uh, all right, so down the stretch here, you got a couple of weeks, the big uh, debate, the, the Jeff Graham debate in the cement pond up there at the uh, Hilton Garden Inn. That's on Monday night, by the way, the uh, June, uh, June 19th, or as many people out west, particularly out in... Uh, well, origins from Texas, uh, but uh, there was the big massacre out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Great people live out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So they, you know, they, they were uh, they were jealous of the black community out there. 
Uh, and I think that, that those riots happen this time of year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, great people. Anyway, so what are we missing with the remaining minutes? And if anyone wants to call in and ask Timothy Babcock a question, give us a call at 755-1240. Don't forget the 315. Uh, you, you talk with a lot of people now, like you said, you, you just, like right now, you just mentioned that after this, because you're in the flats right now, you're going to, I don't know, walk along Wealthy Avenue and you know, kiss some babies. What are you going to do? No, I'm going to go out and knock on doors, talk to people. Um, and just share why I'm qualified to do the job, you know, and hear, hear their concerns as well. So do they like you as a manager up at HP Hood? Do people like you, Tim Babcock? I'd say some days yes, some days no. I think it's like any management position. Um, there's days you have to make the decisions and it upsets people. Right. Um, and then other days you get to make the good decisions and other people are happy. So, I mean, it, it's hit and miss. Right. But overall, I would say Yes. Is it difficult to be a manager of a major plant like that? And you're oh, you're good, what, 25, 20 miles away from there because you live here? Yeah, it's uh, tw- 24 miles from my house. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you've been there, like you said, for seven years. So they, they you know, a company like that, a major company, um, they're not going to, they're not going to hire some, some guy that doesn't know what he's doing, Tim. No, you would think not. So, no, I have, have the qualifications to do the job. And so... They did. I was lucky enough to find the job and come home. Is that one of the jobs when when people work there, like Channel Seven? You don't leave. It's just you know, it's a it's a great place to work at. Good money. Good you know, good environment. We have quite a we have quite a good workforce there that do stay. I mean, we're one of the few jobs left in the area, privately owned companies that still offer a pension. We have great health insurance. Our health insurance is second to the government's. Hmm. So I mean, overall is really really good. That's excellent. So congratulations for being uh, you know involved with a very good company. It reminds me of Kraft. People who I know over the years that work at Kraft like working there or AMF, uh, despite the fact that they're mega companies, Fortune 500 companies and so forth. Uh, they, uh, they, it's, it's good that we have that type of thing. Like the caller before, why can't we get an Amazon up here? Uh, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, if it's your onus to, uh, to bring any major companies up here. I mean, I know Sarah wants to get a marketing person here. Years ago, we had a downtown director that went over like a lead balloon. One of them, you know, embezzled money from the city uh, credit card back in the day. Uh, but uh, how could, you know, I, I, my biggest thing, and I, I, I failed to mention it until now, is, you know, people say, oh, we can use the park to develop, you know, $300,000 homes and get a bigger tax base. We have ultimately 1900 I'm going to stick with that number, by the way. Ghost homes that are on the city grid right now. What do we do with them? I think we start knocking them down, opening up for new people to come in and build or, you know, start refurbishing them ourselves. You live on Winslow Street. I I can guarantee you, because I know Winslow Street, that you live in a nice house. It's spotty because you could see beautiful homes that are well-kept, well-manicured, like an Italian house because they're, they're very good at keeping their homes really nice. Trust me. But then you see it right smack next to some, you know, real ramshackle looking place. How do we fix that, Timothy Babcock? You know, we get, we hold, we hold the current owners accountable. You know, we have a house, kitty corner to us, big old house, mm-hmm. has new siding on it, but it's been empty the entire time I've lived there. Interesting. And nothing's been done with it. You know, every once in a while I have to go over and close the front door because the front door blows open because there's no door handle on it. Right. It looks like the other day there was some people in it. You know, like we, we need to start holding. Yeah, we need to start holding people accountable. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and um, I, I don't get it. I real, I don't understand. Uh, uh, you know, I live near the park, and I see it slowly. I, I see a cancer. I wish we. I wish I spent more time on this, but I don't know if there is an answer for it. Nineteen hundred homes. I look in Winslow Street Academy. Boys worse. I'm not even talking about the north side. Everyone says, "Oh, the north side's 
The whole friggin' city is very, very spotty. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. I right. mean, the average income of the city of Watertown is $42,000, according to household, the city budget. Household uh, incomes. The household income That's is very low. low. Yeah. A, a family of four making less than 46000 now, I believe, hits poverty level. Yeah, that's And so, good. I mean, the way we're going to do that is by bringing more people here, not Facebook. where we're going. You don't have a further way. You don't have a fa- I have to go now, but your Facebook, where's your Facebook page? It's TJ Babcock for Watertown City Council. He's the referee, and he was on the uh, Thursday edition of the Live at Five show here with your so-called host. we got to get into uh, CBS. AM 1240, WE10, Watertown makes us legal, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Wendy Gillette in Los Angeles. President Biden.